Welcome to the Family Room, sponsored by Versprite, where we offer hope, encouragement, and wisdom centered on biblical truth and Catholic teaching, because God's kingdom begins at home. Now welcome your hosts, Mari, John, and Craig, right here on AM 1160, The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic Radio. Welcome to the Family Room. We are so happy to have you with us today. I am Mari, as you just heard, and I'm here with my co-hosts, John and Craig. Hey, guys. Hello, Mari. Hey, hey, hey John. Hey, Craig. Actually, you know, it's funny you just did that. I just talk, was talking to a friend the other day who listens to our show. Yay. And she said, I can never tell John and Craig apart. We do sound like. Do they still say that? They still say that. And it's That's amazing. because we're Yankees. And we both have like a raspy kind of like. We don't have radio voices, in case you didn't know. I thought we just didn't have radio faces, or TV faces, radio voices. We have faces for radio. That's right. Sure. Well, since I see your delightful faces every week, I can tell you apart. But anyway, so we'll try to make that clear. So welcome to the family room. As you can tell already by this opening banter, we're going to be all over the place today. Um, We had a show set up, and our guest had a need to postpone. So we are actually going to be talking about what's on our heart, and we are trusting the Holy Spirit spirit as we always say we should but today we are we're trusting the holy spirit to just bring up topics issues things that might be something that pricks your heart as well things ways that god is working in our lives way questions that god has for us um important things that god is doing and um we just trust in him that maybe some of what we talk about today is also going to resonate with you so um john would you open us in prayer because that's what we do here in the family room sure sure In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, the first thoughts and words are always thoughts of prayer, thanksgiving, gratitude for for your providence, for your dominion, for the ways you constantly look after us. In our darkest hours, in our brightest hours, your love for us is is everlasting. Your desire is, is insatiable. For that, we are so grateful. Father, we just ask during this time, there's... There's so many things going on in our lives and in our world, and and there are all such distractions. And some of those distractions are things that we we grasp on and hold on to them because we want to use them to fill the ache in our hearts that is mm. that's really there just because you want us back to you. In this time, this time you've ordained for whatever reason for us to have these conversations, and so we just ask that your Holy Spirit guide the conversations, open. Uh, open our lips with praise and thoughtfulness and inspiration driven by your Holy Spirit and open the hearts and minds of our listeners that your will be done. Father, we ask all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 In the Father, Father, the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. I almost feel like we could stop the show right there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll it's put, been a long couple of weeks. <laughs> we'll put John's uh, prayers back to back to back to back. Yeah, yeah. Well, I could show. keep you busy. Oh, that would be beautiful. Okay, <laughs> oh. so the word that resonated for, for me for your prayer today was one that's been bouncing around in my heart recently, and it's praise. Mm. And just that power of praise. Mm-hmm. Um, for listeners of the quest, you probably know we've got a new um, uh, Powers in the Praise Bible study by Carrie Allen and Linda Schonhorst. So you can go on our, our website and find that. It's beautiful. But just when I was taught to pray, I was start start. I was taught to start my prayers with praise mm-hmm. um, and for all the ways that we praise God, you know, who he is, what he does, all of those things. And what I love about it, too, is teaching my kids that when you praise God, Satan has to flee. And that's scriptural. 
and how powerful that is. So that really struck me. That's a great point because God does not need our praise. No. He does not need our mm-hmm. praise, right? But I think he requires it or puts us in a position because when you praise, I don't know, I would bet things happen in your brain. I would bet like, I don't know, but maybe endorphins or whatever. Serotonin like that's the only like thing that, I yeah. know or the chemical in your brain. But I'd be willing to bet this, that there are physical changes that mm-hmm. accompany those psychological and spiritual movements. Mm-hmm. I will also tell you in the hardcore brass tacks world, when I used to manage um, retail stores mm-hmm. and people were having just terrible days, like they were on a drop their keys on your desk and say, see you, bye. <laughs> and, and you're like, yeah, maybe you want to think that out. But but I would say, look, stop doing what you're doing. I want you to go back out on the floor and the first five people you meet, I want you to speak to them, talk to them, give them absolutely the best customer service you know how to give so that they just go and say, I don't know what's wrong with that guy, but man, he took the best care of me ever. And then you come back after five customers and tell me how you're feeling. I have never had anybody come back and say anything, but man, that was amazing. How did you know that? I'm like, I was a guess. That's so cool. And that's, that's a beautiful example of praising God through through, yeah. through your actions yeah. and serving people. Do what he cool. wired you to do. Yeah. Craig, you had was a thought. No, no, I was just thinking, I mean, obviously that's how Christ set up the Our Father, right? Mm. You talk about hallowed be thy name. You start praising God for who he is. Yeah. You know, and then I think scripture, if you just drill down on it, it says be grateful in everything. Yeah. You know, constantly give gratitude. And if you hear, now I'm not a clinician and I don't deal with, you know, people with, with true depression and things like that. But I've heard plenty of people that have suffered depression that mm. say when they when they can turn to a grateful heart. Mm-hmm. Right again, gratitude, which praise and praise leads to gratitude. Thank you, Lord, despite what's going on, that their depression diminishes mm-hmm. and can leave. Yeah. So to your point, you know, I think Satan is that cloud that mm-hmm. kind of wants us depressed, and when you praise God, you're lifting your heart, you're lifting your mind to God. Where yeah. all things are possible, where He gives you all hope, and His grace pours into that, and then I think. The devil has to back off, right? He has to retract and be like, okay, I got to do something different here. So yeah. now I think it's it's a valid comment. That's beautifully said. As I think about that, when you're talking about, there's a lot of depression and anxiety right now. We know that we're seeing the statistics, especially after the pandemic, we're seeing so many statistics of the, the increase, especially in our young people. And I think about those patterns of thinking that we get caught in, right? Um, complaining, being the victim, being angry, all of those things that are not of God. All of those things that are not of God. And um, so what you're saying is, so do the opposite and focus on who he is and all the wonderful um, parts of who he is. You know, he's your Jehovah Jireh, the one who provides for you. He's your Jehovah Rapha, the one who heals you. He is peace. He is love. He is hope. He is our rock. You know, just all of those things. And when you start focusing on that, it's almost like you're doing different things. uh, like you just said, Craig, you're doing different patterns in your brain. Oh, yeah. Right? Again, remember, be transformed by the renewing of your yes, mind, right? Yes, exactly. And our minds are never renewed unless we dial into Christ, you know, God's word through Christ and things like that. And I think, um, you know, Dan Burke, when he was on our show, he talked about how he was living a certain lie because of his childhood and mm-hmm. because of different things and how he literally dove into scripture mm-hmm. and found all these statements of God that said the opposite of what his mind was yeah. telling him. And right. yeah. you're loved, you know, Jeremiah, you know, I knew you before you were born, all those things, but he started to believe in it and he started to really dial into that. And I think the other translation, you know, from, from my life that's going in it, it into this conversation is, 
Um, there's things going on that God's revealing to me that he wants to change, but he wants it to bring about my authentic self. Yeah. And I like was really confused about my authentic self because I'm like, well, I mean, I know who mean? I am. I know what I do. Yeah. But when you drill down and you figure out some of the, the wounds that you carry with mm. you yeah. that, you know, you put up walls around and whatever, um, that really isn't our authentic self, right? Mm. That, that's a, that's a self image which is often damaged by that voice in the back that says you're never going to be good enough or you're not going to be this. So maybe you become bold, maybe you become defiant, whatever it is. And at 58, God's like, I want you to start living your authentic self. Yeah. Which is a huge transition because it forces you to look in the mirror and you try to look it in the light of what is God, how does God see me? Right, right. How does he really see me? And I think we have failed in a lot of cases to be taught that mm -hmm. and to really do it ourselves like, Lord, because we're so ashamed of maybe something that, well, he's not going to love me. And mm -hmm. it's the total opposite, right? Right. So who your identity is in Christ. Correct. Because the beginning of that scripture that you talked about, be, be um, transformed by the renewing of your mind. The first part of that scripture is be not conformed to this world. Right. And yeah. so what you're talking about is so many times we're conformed to this world, either by the evil that's swirling around us, around this world that we feel like we need to protect ourselves from or the lies that the ruler of this mm -hmm. world, who is the evil one, mm -hmm. has used different people in our lives to put in there. So. So, yeah. Talking about being healed from that. I love that. That authentic self. And I think about that. I think about for myself. I remember as a little kid, apparently I was just super laid back, always laughing, always happy. And I'm like. I'd love to be that person again, <laughs> you know, 24 <laughs> seven. Okay, John, go ahead. Well, no, no, no. I, I thought of something when you said that it came in. Well, that's probably just as well. But um, <laughs> the whole, the whole idea of lies and healing and, and the importance of healing. And it's fresh on my mind. Cause you, well, cause you said it a few minutes ago and then we had, you know, a show. Um, uh, but you gotta be really careful. Because the father of lies is mm. not, he's not particularly creative, right? Mm. And so like he will lie, he will tell the same lie over and over and over again. And if you have a wound, like, you know, like, like if in boxing, I know maybe like coarse, but like in boxing, if, if you're boxing and you cut your opponent, then that's your target for the mm. rest of the fight, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're going in to drill down, drill down, drill down, wherever you've inflicted a wound, you're going to drive it. You play football, you know, their weak spot, mm. you know? Yogi Bear, I think, said, hit it where they ain't. Yes, y'all. So the <laughs> devil knows where you gotta go. Where and, and when you have those wounds that get on that is like ripe. Yeah. Because there's nothing more infectious than a just a just a nasty lie, right? And he will push it in farther and farther and farther. And that's the attack. And you gotta if he's saying live your true self, he's like he's he knows whatever wounds he's oh, been poking on you, mm -hmm. right? And you're just finally saying, Dad, like I think I heard that. I know that when the attacks for me come, they're not like wild temptations to behave like an idiot in some fashion. It's some old wound. And he's mm. like, you know that this is how it is. And you're like, no. Right, yes. right. It's, it's hideous. Well, and you know, as you say that, one of the things, that the, the graphicness of that hit me too, because you, what you were talking about is a wound we can see, right? Like you right. said, in boxing. But then the other insidious thing he does is he said, and don't tell anybody about this. You've got to hide, right? So you hide and you close it off. And so, as we've said before, it doesn't get the light. It doesn't see the light. Because yeah. nobody else has this wound. <laughs> yeah. No man in the world has ever 
had the challenges you have, Craig. John Gordon, nobody's ever been as messed up as you are. Mari, yeah, you used to be happy, but you're bad. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah, the, the list yeah. is a mile long. Yeah. No, I think that's interesting, too, because as you, as you start to identify your authentic self, the devil's not going to be happy. Mm-hmm. You know, I know some people say, well, you guys are talking too much about the devil, but mm-hmm. the reality is... I think he's showing his face a lot in yeah, today's world when you're is. in a post-Christian society. Yeah. And because so many people are coming out against God and against faith, mm-hmm. the devil's just smiling and running wild. But to your point, John, he's not creative whatsoever. He goes after the same things, right? And at the same time, you know, he's confusing so many of us because we don't recognize the why. Mm-hmm. Why am I here? Mm-hmm. What's my purpose? And then if you are deep in the faith or, or trying to be, why am I really living this faith, right? Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. I think we can get so caught up and I'm supposed to because of tradition or I'm supposed to because, you know, I, I want to be this. But we don't really know the why. Why am I battling every day? And I know mm-hmm. those are that's, that's language today people don't like to hear, battling in warfare. But it is. It's scriptural. Mm-hmm. You know, what am I fighting for? Who am I fighting for? And I think we've lost that. So to go back to, you know, this authentic self is also brought to my mind again. Why? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why are the three of us on this radio show really? I mean, we all have other jobs. We all have other things going on. Uh, why do you go to adoration? Why do you go to confession? I mean, the, the list of whys, and it needs to be clearly, clearly defined. Yeah. Otherwise, the battle's going to wear all of us out. Mm. So one of the guests that we will have coming up, he talks about um, relative truth, right? And um, as you were saying why, it made me think about that because some people aren't even fighting the battle. They've given up because they, they're like, okay, let's why? all agree. Let's yeah. all agree that everybody's truth is, is their truth. And so we don't have anything to battle. And if we, if we say everything's okay, no matter what you do, it's all okay, then we don't have anything to fight against anymore. And But if we are clearly able to live righteously and live righteous need doesn't mean that you're holier than thou live righteously it means you're walking with god and you're trying to see the way he sees yeah. then you're going to see that that it's going to become more clear to you what where the battlefield is and what's going on in the battlefield yeah 100 yeah so folks if you're just joining us you're you're in the family room and this is what we'll call our little slice of heaven show where <laughs> it's just us thinking about stuff and uh and sharing it with you i hope it's a little slice of heaven for you but uh we're chatting um just on some things mara you brought up something and i think it's kind of um you just said something that made me think about um i can't remember what you said living together or but but the whole idea of a faith community mm, earlier yeah. you said that, that that was on your heart to talk about a faith community yeah uh, what were you thinking so what i was realizing so this weekend i got to get to get i got to get together that's great i i got <laughs> that means to, you really did <laughs> yeah i i was privileged i was honored to get together to with some women who i've been doing faith my faith walk with for mm-hmm. about 12 years now mm-hmm. and i I, what I realized or what I remembered and appreciated so much is what a faith community can do for you. Because to your point a few minutes ago, the evil one's after us. He's going to continue to whisper those lies. He's going to continue to to punch at those places that are vulnerable and where we're wounded. And if you have people you can walk with, they knew they know your authentic self or they, they've seen they've seen glimpses of your authentic self. And so if things are not going in your world 
toward that. Um, you're maybe not walking exactly where God wants you. You've got you've got a faith community who can come alongside you and say, hey, what's going on? They can ask you the deeper, richer questions, right, that don't come up in everyday conversation. And I realized being with those women, we've walked together for so many years that we know each other's challenges. We know each other's uh, wounds. We know each other's joys. And so we can go deep to the heart of those and we can bring light and hope just in conversation. And so instead of those places being in darkness, you've got people alongside. And I think it hit struck me too, because um, my daughter just changed universities and her new university, she's got an amazing faith community of people who are already surrounding her. And I'm getting to see the I'm, I, I'm getting a praise report almost every day, uh, which is so beautiful. Awesome. It is. But I'm getting to see what it means to have truly deep, rich faith community come around you and how they draw out a different part of you and how they um, encourage you and offer you hope in different and healing too, mm-hmm. in healing in different ways. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how clear that is, but that was kind of what was on my heart about it. It's interesting too, comes from a woman's perspective. You all have had that. Because mm-hmm. women tend to be more vulnerable with each other, and, mm. and, and men are not. And I think one of the beauties um, of what brought John and I together originally was we happened to be in the same men's group. Yeah. Um, and you know, our team—we have a team. I don't know, fourteen guys now. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we're developing a bond where people can be vulnerable in our conversations. Um, we can join together in prayer. And the whole idea, and we've said it before on the show, is accompanying people, right? Mm-hmm. Walking shoulder to shoulder, not, um, not uh, what do you want to call it, um, looking down on and pitying, not pitying somebody, but literally walking shoulder to shoulder and saying, look at when your strength wanes, my, mine is here and I'm, I'm, help, I'm here. Yeah. And again, you know, being authentic in as much as, you know, I'm going to pray for you, John. Why don't we just pray right now? Why yeah. don't we? I mean, you, mm-hmm. you guys just did it with the show that got canceled, right? right. You prayed mm-hmm. with the man who who had the, uh, you know, the, the 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 issue come up, and I mean, I think that's what God wants. Quit just telling people, "I'll pray for you," and walk away, and you mm-hmm. know, do it. Get in the battle with somebody. So I appreciate that about John and the men on the team I'm on. Yeah. You know who else does that really well is this group right here at the Quest. Yeah. Like I, I attribute yeah. that to Carol's leadership, right? Yeah. But like, if there's an issue, it's like we're going to pray. Yep. Right. Yep. And um and it's and it's not we're gonna pray for you tonight. It's like we're gonna pray. Yeah. Now. Well and, and it's great. And listeners, you guys need to know we are praying for you. We do pray for you. We have um the Divine Mercy Chaplet every day. You you can pray along with us, the Divine Mercy Chaplet at three o'clock. But our team here in the studios, we go over and we pray in the chapel. We have the Adoration Chapel and pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet for the for the needs of our listeners. And we also have a prayer book and we write people's names in the prayer book. And so anybody going going in, we've got guardians who come in. And pray at the chapel and they pray for those prayers as well. So if you do have a prayer you'd like prayed for, um, you know, you can reach out to us. If you go to our, our website or go onto our app, there are ways to reach out to us and we will pray pray for your intentions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great call out, John. So the whole idea of what you were talking about, Craig, just with the men in particular, Mari, I, I've always admired like women because they just kind of like they get together Men, like, I've always hung with a pretty decent group of men, but I was thinking particularly about, you know, the whole idea of religious communities. Mm. And my experience there is with men is in the, if, if there's that, it's in stuff that we do, like currently, you know, either with Regnum Christi or our, our, our groups. But 
I think about the religious communities and I think about our priests and I think about praying for our priests mm-hmm. because those guys, I mean, it ties, those men are have a commonality to all the things we've discussed so far. They are under attack constantly, yeah. either spiritual or literal in the world, right? You put a collar on and the question is like, well, who did you abuse today, sure. right? Mm. So these men who have raised their hands to say, I want to put that collar on every day and serve you, um, there's that attack. And then if they're not in a strong community, right? So if it's a religious order, you know, that's a little bit easier, maybe if it's a diocesan scenario or, you know, what is the house, the you know, the commons house. But I think I, I just pray for those guys a lot because that. The whole idea of healing, if there's anything from the past, then then that's, you know, that's, they're just so out there every single day. They're Mm -hmm. so vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And and so I guess that just kind of came from nowhere. But think that's, I would just say, pray for our priests because everything we're talking about, the attacks, the wounds, the healing, all the things that they help us through, they've got their own set of challenges themselves, times whatever we are, right? So. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting too, and again, I don't want to go down the uh, man path uh, too much, Mari. But you know, <laughs> go ahead. Oh, go she's ahead. outnumbered. <laughs> yeah, there are two to one, three to one, really, if you include Dave. Now, but I think it's interesting because coming out of COVID, I remember hearing a story by Chris Stefanik that you know who's got a thousand things going on at one time, mm-hmm. and he was being approached by people saying, "Hey, you need to do something for men." And he was like, look at I'm busy. I got that's that's probably not what God really wants. But evidently, as a dear friend that was uh, very faithful, hears from God um, quite frequently, especially in adoration. And it, if I get the story directionally right, I think it was he was uh, getting ready himself, meaning Chris, to go into the adoration chapel as his friend was walking out. Mm-hmm. And his friend was like, frantic and he says you need to do something for men right now hmm. and chris was like well what are you talking about? because i literally was just in adoration and god showed me two fields and one was the men and one was the women and the field of the men was barren and it was it was all rotted out and burnt up hmm. and he told me that this is what satan's already done and the field of the women was very lush the flowers were beautiful whatever and that was his next point of attack and if you peel back the onion you women have held up the faith in the church in a lot of ways way better than we have as men you've been on the front lines of praying you've been on the front lines of having your community groups you've been on the front lines of all these things and in the in the in the midst of men wanting to succeed under the guise of i got to take care of my family at all costs yeah i've got to uh you know fight these battles my wife will handle the faith life mm. we've been decimated mm. we've been totally wiped out in a lot of cases wow well that, that's amazing because because with that field wiped out if your next target is the field of flowers there's nobody to defend it yeah correct there's no one to yeah. defend it yeah correct and in this conversation, by bringing that up, though, John, I think that that's the important thing, right? This is not men versus women. This is, again, authenticity, right? Men living their authentic lives, which is, you know, <laughs> getting off our butts and actually protecting those around us. Yeah. Because you look at it, when you see what's going on in society today, well, the attack on women is we can't even define what a woman is anymore. Mm. And if we're getting into that mindset, 
well, then you're all going to be confused. And to your point earlier about, you know, the world tells us, well, you're, you're, you're not allowed to say anything. You have to keep your mouth shut. And I think that, you know, what's, what's, what's on my mind and my heart, again, tying to that you know, authentic self and the why is God wants us to step up. And, you know, as men, no offense to our, our lady listeners who are our predominant listeners, we have failed in protecting our women. It's a truth. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to be negative, but the side of it is, I think there is a lot of hope. I think there are a lot of men now starting to recognize mm-hmm. God's call to step into that place, right? To that breach and start, you know, being in that battle, right? Well, I think it goes back. Some of it goes back to the lies that men have been told as well, right? Mm. You need to do it yourself. Um, so why do you need community? Um, you know. Uh, all this religious stuff is just touchy feely, emotional stuff. You don't need to be involved, right? Or um, you only emotion. right? Or you go you go only work on worldly things. You go out and make the make a living, work on worldly things versus um, the other pieces of what it takes to raise a family. Like you just said, the faith pieces and all. It, it, as you were talking, you know what I was thinking about. I got to go to um, the pregnancy aid clinic gala last oh, night, right. which is an amazing, amazing. Um, group of people who do amazing work for um, helping people who are facing um, unplanned pregnancies. And what they said, it was so cool. They just started this year um, an accompaniment for men um, for the, for the, for the men who are sitting in the waiting room as they, while they're, while the women are at a pregnancy resource center and they're getting a sonogram or they're getting some counseling or they're, um, you know, just learning more about what's going on with their pregnancy and what their options are and things like that. As far as, um, as far as, you know, understanding how far along they are or what kind of financial help could be given to them or, or physical help or whatever. So sometimes there are boyfriends or husbands in the, in the waiting room and they've always been just sitting in the waiting room, if they're there at all, which oftentimes they're not, but if they are, they're sitting in the waiting room and they actually now have somebody goes out and, and accompanies those young men. Um, and awesome. who says, you know, I know you're really nervous right now. I know this is a, this wasn't in your plan and you're worried about how are you going to make this happen? How are you going to support your, your girlfriend or your wife in the situation and and uh, you might not feel like you're ready to be a dad but guess what this is such a great gift and so they actually have a program to go out there and give hope and whisper words of truth instead of lies into the into the hearts of these young That's men who are facing yeah. this. I thought that was so beautiful, and I, and and it was the aha like no that's a revelation. Duh. Yeah, yeah that's it was a really no kind of important moment. Yep. Like why haven't we done that before, yep. Yep. listeners? If you were just joining us, we are here in the family room, and we are having one of our about quarterly, I guess, banter <laughs> shows where we just ask the Holy Spirit to let us share whatever's on our heart, what's going on in our minds, our lives, based on some of the conversations that we've had in our own lives or with recent listeners to the show. So we are thankful that you are here with us as well. Please stay tuned and we will be right back here in the family room. We'll be right back inside the family room in moments. Sponsored by Versprite on The Quest. In today's world, cybersecurity is critical for your business. Award-winning Versprite provides solutions to protect your company from hackers. For protection now, see Versprite.com. That's V-E-R-Sprite.com. The Quest thanks Versprite for their support. The Quest presents Pro-Life Minutes. Did you know that if you were born after 1973, one-fourth of your generation is missing? Perhaps that's why so many people longing for their soulmates have not been able to find them. They may have been aborted. 
Have you wondered who will find the cure for Alzheimer's, cancer, or diabetes? God may have already sent someone to discover those cures, but someone's choice ended their life before it began. Society tells us that we are alive because of our mother's choice. The world says that your worth comes from your convenience to others, but the maker of this world tells us otherwise. You are created in the image and likeness of God, full of dignity, and no one can take that away from you. So be not afraid. Let's show the world that every life matters by speaking up for life at every opportunity. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. This is Father Kevin Peake, a priest of the Archdiocese of Atlanta, and this is my favorite prayer, the breastplate of St. Patrick. Let us pray. Christ be with me, Christ within me, Christ behind me, Christ before me, Christ beside me, Christ to win me, Christ to comfort and restore me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ in quiet, Christ in danger, Christ in hearts of all that love me, Christ in mouth of friend and stranger. Amen. This is Lisa Popchek from More to Life. Catholic Radio changes lives. It's for you, with you, every single day. Whether you're rejoicing over something and you need a community to share that with, or you're struggling with something and you need a community to support you. We're here for you every day to teach you about your faith and to help you live it. This is your home, and we're always here for you. Thanks to our friends at EWTN, our programming is provided free of charge. But this station has other expenses that must be paid to keep the doors open and the lights on. Support of your local Catholic radio station helps keep shows like More to Life available in your area. No matter the amount, your gift works to make a difference for you, for others, and for the future of Catholic radio. Please prayerfully consider making a gift right now. We'll talk to you soon. To donate, log on to thequestatlanta.com. St. Joseph was a man of few words. In fact, not a single word of his was recorded in Scripture. But the Father of Jesus spoke abundantly in his silence, and he certainly gave us a lot to talk about. Want to go deeper? Listen to the St. Joseph series on your Quest app and on thequestatlanta.com. We're back in the family room, sponsored by Versprite. Right here on AM 1160, The Quest. If you've been listening, we're, we're kind of free-flowing, as it were, thinking of what's been on our minds and our hearts and we've touched on a couple of things like, you know, what is your authentic self, living your authentic self. We've talked about how, you know, God's intervening and, and you know, kind of challenging men and, and supporting women and all they do. But I think also, you know, the, the I mean, look, it, it, I'm transitioning, as it were, into a new phase in my life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Going to be leaving my current position and really kind of figure out where God wants to lead me. And I think what's come up in that part of the discussion and thought is um, really looking at my life in the view of that e- eternal mm-hmm. mission. Yep. And, you know, how much more money do you want to make? How much more do you want people's praise? Or how much more do you want to live a life of significance mm-hmm. that really is honed into, God, why did you create me? And what is my authentic self really look like? And I know at our ages, you know, we're kind of at that fourth quarter of life is mm-hmm. um we've been talking about so what about that yeah. period of time in our life looking into a more of an eternal view and you know how god really created us 
Yeah, that. That's... Sorry, John's messing with me over here. <laughs> okay, boys. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's been on my heart a lot too, Craig. You know, as you said, we are we are getting into that fourth quarter of life. We're at that place where we all become empty nesters, and so. You know, when when our families were younger, we were very clear in what our eternal opportunity was, right? We were building a home that was a faith community in and of itself. We just talked about the importance of faith communities, but we were raising children. Um, and in, in, in addition to all the normal everyday, keeping them alive and fed and and injury free or whatever, or at least band-aided up, you know, we were also pouring into their hearts and into their minds, the truth of who God was, the truth of who they are, the truth that they are loved by God, the truth that he's got a plan for them. And now they're all off on their own. They're, you know, off in college or in the real world. So, okay, now what do we do? And I think a lot of our listeners are probably at that place too. It's like, okay. And then we're also, we've been in our careers for 30 or 40 years now. And so being in our careers this long, it's kind of like, okay, do I still keep doing this? Or does God want me to do something that's of more eternal consequence, eternal significance? And I'm not saying that whatever your career is, you can't have eternal consequence or significance in what you're doing because he calls us to to be him to anybody and everybody who who comes into our path but it is getting harder and harder to be able to speak about him when you feel called to speak about him in the secular world and so what do you want to do next so i'm i'm in the same transition as you are craig i'm kind of in that place where i think i'm going to be looking at doing something different and for this next phase of my yep. life and i'm asking him what he wants me to do but i really want it to be around something more where i can i can pour into people's hearts and lives and minds more for him yeah yeah, yeah more for him well i think it, it's you know for me too it's interesting you, you say what you said earlier about you know building the family and having that faith community but i recognize when i look back on my life um oh yeah i mean always had faith always believed in god but I don't believe I really viewed God as that loving father mm. that, you know, it was like hope. All right, Lord, I hope you're going to do this or I hope you're going to do that. And certainly not living uh, God's will, living my will. God, I want these things. I want, you know, the way I want it. And the last few years between, you know, my daughter's cancer treatment and this job situation, really embracing God's will. Yeah. And that, again, going back to our authentic self, we were created to do his will. We were created in his image and likeness. And I think coming to the realization that, um, you know, God is an all powerful, all loving God. He created the universe out of nothing. Mm -hmm. And my little want, he can, he can change everything. He can do whatever. Why? Because he loves me. Yeah. Right. And what I loved about what father John Ricardo said in the, in the, in the seminar he gave, was I mean when you really look at somebody and you say, the God of the universe sees you. Yeah. Yeah. Not like I see a bunch of faces and I don't recognize them. I see I see a, a sea of people, but I see you, Murray. Mm-hmm. I see you, John. I see you whomever. I mean, that just like changes your heart. Yeah. Like Wow, he does love me. And I see you and I delight in you, as it says in Zephaniah. I sing over you, right? You know, we've got, I'm in a Bible study and our our, um, thought for this week, we were supposed to go every day and sit for five minutes and just sit in, in God's love for us. Oh my gosh, that was so hard to do. I was sitting there and I was trying to just sit there and let God love me. And I couldn't do it. 
I kept on fidgeting around or I'd be like, okay, God, thank you for this. Thank you for that. Thank you. For, oh, and would you mind being with this person? That, I couldn't just sit still and let him love me. It was the hardest thing to do. Yeah. And one of my friends said, well, choose a word. She said, choose the word, How to, choose, choose a word like see me, like you just said, or behold or hold. And I, I got this amazing image of my son when he was like two and he used to say, um, hold you, hold you whenever he meant like pick me up and hold yeah. me. And so I just said that to God during those five minutes. Okay, hold me, hold me, hold me. And it was amazing to do that, but we don't do that. And just the importance of letting him love you, because when you let him love you, then you can become more of your authentic self, right? Because his, his love heals, his love fills. We only love because he first loved us. We have more we can pour out of him. But do we stop and do that? Okay, John, the wheels are spinning over well, there. Just, I, I, I'm thinking, I, like what you guys are saying is awesome. And and I, two thoughts. Like one is, I, I always do like a practical solu- a version of it, right? And so my practical understanding of it just comes as my life progresses. You get, I'm at a point in my career, I joke at work, I'm like, you need something done, somebody needs to poke the bear, I'm your guy, my career is over. <laughs> I don't mean that in terms of my career is over, like I'm gonna get fired, I hope, but it's just like, I am not trying to climb the corporate ladder, I can speak yeah. the truth, and yeah. and if I offend professionally, that's, yeah. as long as I don't you know, be disrespectful, then I'm your guy, right? And, and I think what I've learned is, all these things that have been so critically important to me, the great successes and the, the abysmal failures today kind of, they like, there's one, yeah, it's like, so what? Yeah. Like it's, yeah. I, I think about, you know, Father Lino's conversations about sandcastles, you know, it's just, it's just, it was just a sandcastle. And, and you realize at work, you can really hone in on a value and just drive that value without worrying about what sandcastle it destroys or builds up. And so th- then it's easier for me to, to in that quiet time with God, just in the last probably year, he has, has helped me to understand that he really does have one singular thing on his heart. And it's what you two guys were talking about. He's like, I see you. I know what you're doing and what's re- what I, I see you and love you enough that I'm like, I almost don't care what you're doing because all I care about is I will take you through whatever I have to take you through and I will go through whatever I have to go through because I want you for eternity. You mm. hold you for eternity. Mm, that's beautiful. That is, yeah, that's, great. that's like when yeah. lots of things, you know, fall into a little better perspective. Now, challenges constantly right and the closer you get to get the more you get poked by the other guy right but yeah yeah what stood out there with what you said john and it's an age thing at this point Mm -hmm. you know i have security in who i am in my position and i can tell the truth and i can stand up right and i think that's where we miss it as as catholic christians is we should be able to stand up in that reality when we're kids, when we're, you know, younger and in our age, like at our age, it's tough too, but what's my security? My security mm-hmm. is my Lord and Savior, yes. right? Yeah. My security yeah. is not my job. That's what I want too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm paying my bills, but that's not my security. And that's what God's stripping me of in, in, a, in a kind of a scary, but yet wonderful way, right? 
It's like, I don't have that next phase of your life that you can just look to and go, that's what I'm going to go do. And he smiles, you trust me. Yeah. And he smiles, are you going to embrace me? And, you know, it's like coming to that realization of, well, you do love me. You're not going to leave me hanging out there, even if I hit tough times. Mm -hmm. And in my prayer, one of the things that came up, he's like, I'm going to take you down a path. And I believe this is true. That is significantly different than where you've been. Mm -hmm. What that is, how that is, I don't know. But I guess the other place this is leading me is as I can start to understand my authentic self and start to view God how he may view me, only because he's showing that to me, mm -hmm. I can start to look at other people mm. and how Christ sees them. Yeah. Or yeah. I can at least ask that question now. Because, again, you look at the crazy on the street that, you know, yelling and screaming and you're terrible, da-da-da-da-da. And if I stop for a second and I say, Lord, help me see that person like you see them, what you see is the brokenness. Yeah. yeah. What you see is the pain. Yeah. You know, to sit there and deny your very self mm -hmm. comes from a deep part of hurt and pain. Well, what happens? I don't want to rail against them anymore. I, I want to try to love them. Yeah. Very difficult. But how, how do I do that, Lord? Yeah. And what you're making me think of is I just heard the other day the true uh, meaning of the word compassion. So come from with, and then passion, as we've talked about on this show, passion, actually the passion of the Christ means suffering. suffering. Yep. Passion actually means suffering. So compassion is with suffering. suffering. So suffering with somebody. So in the midst of their suffering, being alongside them, like you said, seeing that they're in set, they're suffering. And so I'm going to come alongside and be in their suffering with them, but offering hope and encouragement and love in whatever way God yeah. wants to say. And he, you know, and he tells us in his word, he told the, he told the, the disciples, he said, don't be afraid of what you're going to say. So when you're just talking about being able to speak truth, being able to stand up and say truth, he said, don't be worried about what you're going to say when you're hauled before principalities mm, and kings yeah. and all that, the Holy Spirit will give you the words. And I think that's part of it too. recognize that he loves us so much and he has a plan for each and every one of us. And he has given us each experiences and gifts and he's got a way that he wants to use each one of us, which is so exciting. And he'll give us the words. He'll give yeah. us the words. Yeah. John, you've got to you know, just grin. on the practical side again. It's like, he's, <laughs> I'm going to give you the words because you're going to screw it up. <laughs> so I'll keep you the words. No, but I was, when you said about seeing, do you know the miracle? Um, I can't quote uh, chapter and verse where Jesus heals the blind man mm -hmm. and his first attempt doesn't yeah, work 100%. Like trees, he sees like, he I see the trees. people as trees. Yes, yeah. And then yeah. he does it a second time and they, he sees straight. Yeah. My, this is, this is not theological. This, this is like, <laughs> not theological. This, this is, is a Bible not, according not to John. Right. <laughs> but I, I, in a quiet time was thinking about that. It's not like Jesus is like, hey, what happened? I did this. Do I have to do it again to the Father? Right. It's, he did it the first time. Okay. I can see people moving around. If you see nothing, and you can see people moving around as trees. Well, at least you won't run into them mm. and you can avoid them, mm. right? And you see him. You do it a second time. Now he sees as Jesus sees, mm. as God sees him. And that's when his eyes are truly opened. He's not, you know, the blind has all kinds of symbolisms in the Bible and I can't even begin to uh, uh, articulate all of them. But the whole idea of being blind is always a spiritual blindness, right? Yeah. 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 And, and so, well, okay, I can see if you're just going to let me see, I can avoid the people I don't like. But 
But if I really healed and the blindness is gone, I now see them as you see them, Jesus, right? What a difference that makes. That's hard, right? That's hard. No, that's profound. But in order to get to that place, the blind man had to continue to rely on Jesus. He didn't go just running off when he had the first inkling of being healed. He had to keep coming. (laughs) That's a good good point. Yeah. Man, he screwed it up. (laughs) (laughs) Now I need to go find an optometrist. Come on. Right? No. Yeah, he came back. He continued to be there Uh, and he continued to obey and do what Jesus said, even if it was smearing mud or whatever, right? Stuff that doesn't make sense. Really, God, you want me to do this? It worked the first time. Now you're going to do it again. But it also proves how God's healings are perfect. Yeah. He's not going to leave you saying halfway or whatever it is mm-hmm. he's going to want to heal you. And what what I love about what you said about compassion, uh, it finally made the scripture from St. Paul that says, in my sufferings, I mm-hmm. make up for the 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 the, the, yeah. lack, the, the lack, lack, the lack, and Jesus sacrifice. Okay, because we know there was yeah. no lack. Right. right. But if we're supposed to be Christ to the world today, each one of us individually, then we should not run from our own little sufferings or others. Mm-hmm. We should really dive into those because we're completing the work of what Christ tried to do mm-hmm. on on the cross, which was what? Show God's love for everybody and bring everybody back to himself. Yeah, yeah. Right? You know, why am I suffering this, Lord? Because I want you to join in my passion to love the people that are around here that don't know me and don't see me. Right. Yeah, it's very cool. It's a heavy burden for an old man, John. (laughs) It is very cool. So if you are just joining us, you are here in the family room. And today we don't have a guest. We, in fact, are just... Uh, our guest is actually maybe the Holy Spirit, Ourselves. right? Ourselves, the, the Holy Spirit, right? We're just we just said, God, what what's on our hearts? What do you want us to talk about? And maybe some of that will resonate with you. Maybe you're going through some of these same things as well. So we're glad you are here with us in the family room. Um, you know, when you were just talking about that too, the other the other piece of that was um, that God, yeah, God could do it all Himself. But he chose to offer us that opportunity. And one of the things that's always fascinated me in the catechism is that the very beginning, at the very beginning of the catechism, it talks about how God invited us to be co-laborers that, and like you said, there's no lack. Jesus didn't, there wasn't, Jesus fulfilled everything, but he allowed space for us to step in and be a co-laborer. And that's what he did. And that's, you just mentioned Father John Ricardo and what we got to go to Mm -hmm. see, which was rescue, Mm -hmm. his rescue project. So we actually interviewed Father John and Mary, who works with him. So if you want to go back and hear one of those podcasts, you can go back um, to listen to that with Father John uh, Ricardo and Mary Gilfoyle. But also he has the Rescue Project. You can go to Rescue Project. I think it's .org, I believe. But just Google the Rescue Project. And he's it's got in our a, show notes. Yeah, in our, our show notes, notes too. too. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but his ministry is called Acts 29 because, as you know, Acts the Acts of the Apostles, the, um, the first book after the Gospels that was written by Luke, doesn't go th- to 29. There are only 28 chapters because we are living chapter 29. And that's what this is all about, right? We are supposed to be continuing what those those apostles did when they received the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he told them that you would go out, they would go out and evangelize um, first to Jerusalem and then Judea and, and Samaria and then to the ends of the earth. That's us. We're the ones supposed to go out to the rest of the ends of the earth. So how are we doing that? And, and, and first, like you said, Craig, first is to make sure we understand who God is and yeah. who he is for each of us, allow ourselves to be healed and then allow him to love through us and step into those difficult places of compassion, of being suff- in suffering with others. No, it's interesting because I don't think it's a telling tales um, in my family, 
But, you know, my wife had been hurt by something that happened, frankly, that a friend of mine did 35 years ago. Mm. And, you know, on, on the surface, you can be like, yeah, that was pretty stupid. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't have said that. And it was nothing. He was just trying to be funny, right? He was yeah. being sarcastic. Joke, yeah. But it hurt her so deeply. And the beauty, though, is that uh, we've had Melissa Foley on our show. And, and, and my wife, uh, Kelly, has done some work uh, with her and some inner healing stuff. And this event came back up. Hmm. And it was interesting because of Melissa's gifts and everything. They asked Christ to enter into that same scene. So Kelly could see the scene in her head, but now Christ was standing there. Yeah, yeah. The things that Christ said to her in that moment, though, broke the 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 bond and the hurt that the devil was trying to hold my, my wife back on. Yeah. And it wasn't terrible, but it was making her life not as joyful and she wasn't as free Mm -hmm. to be her authentic self Mm -hmm. because she carried this. And the fact that God cared enough to enter into that moment and bring healing. I mean, he went to her past, you know, it wasn't like it was something he went all the way back to her past and was able to heal it. That's so cool. Yeah. That's the beauty of inner healing and um, uh, the prayerful inner healing. And we're going to spend some time with Melissa talking more about that because I think people need to learn about that because it is amazing what what you can do by inviting Jesus into those memories. Well, 100 percent true. And I mean, again, I don't want to make this about my family, but, you know, my daughter's had some challenges trusting God. And again, praying with Melissa Foley, you know, she's like, can we can we ask Jesus to come into this? And Mm -hmm. my daughter was like, no, (laughs) just because she's had some hurts in her life that Mm -hmm. she's like, no, I don't want anymore. And it was interesting because when she was able to do that, mm-hmm. I think I may have said this, um, Christ was holding my father's hand. Hmm. And my father and my daughter had a very close relationship. Oh, wow. But this is how God knew her so intimately. And I'm only bringing it up because the intimate nature that our father has for us. Yeah. That if I bring this man who was not, not over religious, but if I bring him into this picture with Christ. Yeah. You're going to trust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he allowed that for my daughter. Mm-hmm. And things have changed significantly for her because of that. Yeah. I mean, the, the intimacy that our father has with us is, is amazing. And he wants us healed. Yeah. He does. I was just thinking while you said that, how your dad, you know, what a special spot he had for your daughter. And then I just had written down some things. And today's the feast day of the, of the guardian, guardian angels, angels mm-hmm. right? I know, I know this could be podcast at any <laughs> point in time, but how guardian angels, we've sort of forgotten them. Mm-hmm. Like I know growing up that was big, but I don't know, maybe you guys did a better job than I did in our family of, of talking about the guardian angels, but he had your dad for your daughter, but he has a guardian angel for every single one of us. Mm-hmm. And, and, and. He yeah. is constantly looking on the face of God, right? So all that stuff, it, it's just like he's right there. Mm, that's Pretty beautiful. Crazy. Pretty crazy. That's beautiful. So <laughs> I, here's, this is a practicality. I love, I love, <laughs> you know, this it. is why Go it's like. It. John's the whiteboard guy for this us, This is right? why he I work in the faith. and says, here's how this works. But, no, but, <laughs> so somebody told me this, uh, and, and I tried it. So I had a meeting with it's probably hard to believe that there could be obnoxious customers. It's probably on my fault, but it, <laughs> let's just say there was a really obnoxious customer. And and I knew what I was headed into. And a friend told me, he said, John, before you go into the meeting, ask your guardian angel 
to talk to that person's guardian angel. Yeah. You've heard that before. I was I heard, about yeah. to tell you that. Yeah, I had yeah. never, I, I'm like, what the heck? Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and so I did that. I'll tell you, I, I was just totally blown away, totally blown away that it actually worked. I don't, he was a different man. So what did you tell your guardian angel to tell his guardian angel? I didn't know what to tell him. I said, I'm going in. You know what my thoughts are. You probably, his guy knows what his thoughts are. And we should try to figure this out amicably. That's all I knew to say. So just help us get through the meeting together. Maybe we can both see each other on different terms or whatever it was. I don't even remember what I said because I clearly didn't have a clue. I didn't have like a formula for praying to the guardian <laughs> angel other than angel of God, my guardian dear. And that just didn't seem right, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Don't well, let this guy kick my rear. I would, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and folks, that's exactly what we get There's every week from John Gordon. That's awesome. Uh, anyway, I didn't pray that. But I think, okay, so what's so cool about that is all the tools that God gives us, yes. right? He wants us to know that he is with us. He left the Holy Spirit with us. Jesus said, the promise of my father will be with you forever. Before that in the Old Testament, they only got the Holy Spirit every once in a while. Right. Only certain prophets or kings were anointed. Right. And some of them not even for very long, like poor Saul who fell off and got it, got the Holy Spirit taken away from him. But then Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit, we receive him at baptism, strengthened at confirmation, and we get to have the Holy Spirit forever. But then in addition, we have this cloud of angels that are surrounding us, and God talks about that as well. So it's so cool that all of these um, ways that God tries to continue to let us know we are known, we are loved, we have a purpose. And we have the Eucharist. Yes. We have the Eucharist. We were in a Bible study two weeks ago, and I forget how the topic came up, but it was like guaranteed, like, I think the the gentleman said that at baptism you're guaranteed right there and immediately after baptism you're you die you go to heaven right mm-hmm. and one of the women at our table said man I wish I could have that I was like every time you go to communion yeah. as long as you're not in a state of serious sin every time you go to communion after communion you're there your slate is that, clean again yeah. that's pretty great you're I mean forget of all of this. the yeah. other amazing things about the presence yeah just that. Yeah, you're healed of your venial sins. Your venial sins are wiped away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. So I better never leave church. (laughs) Just hang out there. (laughs) I don't know. I think I'm going to move in. Father, can I have a room? I'm going to move in. (laughs) Oh, so this was such a beautiful time together. I always love being with you guys. It's so fun. And um, some of my friends say, all I hear is you laughing the whole time. I'm like, well, because I'm with Craig and John. That's what I get to do. So um, What happens when you invite knuckleheads on a show? We love to always be here. Mr. Knucklehead, do you? (laughs) (laughs) We always love to be together. So what we usually do at this point, though, is pray for our listeners. Yes. So you want to pray? Whatever we pray for, let's pray for our guest and their, their child. Uh, for the reason they're not here today. um, Totally trust that God will provide good care, but we'll just remember them for sure in our prayers. Yeah. And then, uh, so let's pray. Pray up. Yeah. In the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, there's such a feeling in our minds and hearts of thanksgiving and praise for the amazing work that you do in us and around us, the thoughts you share, the people you share. We thank you for that. We ask you to just uh, take us from this point forward out into your world so that all of our thoughts, words, and deeds might give glory to you. Father, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 The Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And thank you all so much for being with us here this week in the family room. Please join us again here next week where we offer hope, encouragement, truth, and wisdom for families. Thanks for hanging out with us in the family room, sponsored by Versprite. For more info, go to thequestatlanta.com.